0: i went to pray for a young lady the power of god was so evident i'm telling you i just fell back i mean she was just like filled with the spirit and, and i said Dream. whoa and i just felt the presence of god and uh, it was so powerful and so we want to welcome you today we thank you for coming and before i get into my message this morning i, I want to elicit from you uh, some help uh i just just want to tell you that uh, I believe that we need to go after our young people, our kids. We have lost a whole generation. And that's sad, but we can't lose another one. And, and what do I mean by that? I, I, I think there's a group of young adults that are just uninterested in church. And we need to, we need to reclaim them back to church. But, but we can't lose them. And so, you know, the truth is that most people come to know Christ as their Savior before they turn 18 years old. That means we've got to do a lot of work on the front end. And by the time they're five years old, they've already, they've already got their character, they have already have a lot of their tendencies, and so I would really encourage you to understand that we've got to do everything we can. It takes a community to raise a child. And today, parents, man, I'm telling you, they work two jobs. A lot of them both work wife and husband, and it's really hard being a parent. If, if you're a parent of a child, that is between the ages of one and 13. Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. Wow, wow, wow. And is it hard to raise kids today? Let me see your hands. Yeah, same. And we need to do that together. And, and it takes a community to raise a child. And we believe very deeply in children's ministry. That's why we have a school. That's why we have a, youth, a children's pastor, youth pastor. That's why we put a lot of finances and a lot of buildings into our children. Um, And, you know, recently we've started third service and it's awesome what God is doing. I mean, I mean, just look around. This is 1230 in the afternoon and this service just keeps on growing. And um, there's no, you know what? If if we didn't have a third service, there's no way we could fit everybody in the building. There's people downstairs, sometimes 100, 150 people in the cafe overflow in the second service. Where would we put everybody? And so we're thankful for the third service But the third service also provides for us some challenges, and and one is childcare, and we really need everyone to pitch in. Now, we've developed a plan where you won't have to serve uh, a lot, but if everyone serves a little, then a lot gets done. Everyone serves a little, a lot gets done. And no one should be exempt. We need men, we need young adults, we need seniors, we need everyone to serve. How can you help us to serve? Well, we'll put you on a a rotation that is really pretty spread out, so that um, we can give all of our volunteers a break and we could all do it together. Um, but recently, Julia Malazzo, she's involved in the, uh, the early childhood ministry in, at, the, at the church. And she's been telling me, and I'm, I'm thankful that she's my daughter and I, she's got my ear most of the time. She said, Dad, we just need more help, you know? I can't do it without more help. And I told her, I said, I promise you, Julia, that I'll make a, a real special announcement in the third service because that's really a critical thing for us, third service, to, the, to really get involved in it. And um, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm asking you if you would volunteer once or twice, whatever it is, it's not a lot of time during uh, the course of the year to be able to help with the children. Let me tell you something, everyone should volunteer with children. My perspective of children and ministry has changed so drastically just by being with the kids in VBS for the last uh, couple of weeks and just seeing the potential and the beauty of working with children. And so I'd encourage everyone to sign up in the back, in the foyer. uh, Somebody will be there, either Julia or Gabrielle or one of the other leaders to my right, your left. Go back there and just say, hey, I'm willing to find out more about this. I wanna sign up, I wanna help, I wanna pitch in. And uh, let me give you a novel idea. Come to the second service and attend the third. Or, uh, or you know, serve in the second or, and then come to the third service. However you can work it in your schedule. But it's just, a, you know, it's not a lot of time. And it'll be a big help to all of us. Amen. Well, we've been talking about miracles. Miracles. And uh, last week I asked a whole bunch of people, you know, in the church, have you ever seen a miracle in your life? And most of us stood up and said, we've seen a miracle in our life. And so we've been talking about the miracles of God and we've been talking about how we can position ourselves to receive a miracle from God. And last week we learned that we need to learn how to recognize, open our eyes, to see the miracles that are happening all around us. Uh, We kind of call that serendipity, you know? Things that happen, we have no explanation about it. Some people might call it coincidence, but a miracle is something amazing. A miracle is something we can't explain away. It's something that happens that there's really no explanation for. So it's an amazing event. And we said that a miracle involves God bending the rules of nature so that He can intervene and do something different. And while God bends the rules of nature so often, there are other kinds of miracles that happen in our life. There's the rules of economics. You know, you sell your house when nobody's selling their house, you know what I'm talking about? You know, that that rule of economics that God kind of bends and says, you know what, but I know the economy's bad, nobody's selling houses, but I'm going to help you to sell your house. Or maybe the rule of employment, that God enables you to find the job when there's no jobs out there. The rule of education, when, when God enables you to get through a course that you thought you'd never be able to get through. The rules of inspiration, where God helps you to just be inspired. And uh, write a song or write a letter or something where he just inspires you to do something. Or the rule of relationships. He brings reconciliation to a relationship that you thought could never, ever be reconciled or repaired. Or the rules of romance. You meet somebody, you get married, you thought, I I didn't think this would happen. I didn't think I could find such a wonderful person. My wife says that every morning. (laughs) Then the rules of psychological stamina. God gave you the strength to get through something. God gave you the peace to get through something in your life. You didn't know how you were going to get through that situation, that problem, that trial, that divorce, whatever it might have been that happened in your life. But God helped you to get through that situation in your life. All those kind of miracles that happen in our life that they're not just serendipitous, it's really just God intervening and doing something incredible in our life. Now we've got another miracle here. We've got a pastor from Egypt here. And uh, we want to welcome the pastor from Egypt. He works with Lillian Thrasher Ministry. It's a phenomenal ministry. And uh, it's pretty miraculous that he's with us today. And we want to greet you in the name of the Lord. Would you just stand, Pastor? And uh, just stand up, Pastor. Thank you so much for being with us. And we're going to be praying for you. Would you... Would you have a few moments after the service to greet some folks? Would that be okay to do that? Maybe you could stand in the back with the Ficaro family and folks can come over and give you a big hug and greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. Thank you so much uh, for coming and being with us today. But there's so all kinds of miracles that happens in our life. Today, I want to talk about positioning ourselves to receive a miracle of provision in our life. Positioning ourselves to receive a miracle of provision in our life. Next week, we're going to talk about positioning ourselves to receive a physical healing in our life. But today, we're going to talk about miracle of provision. And I want you to look at 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant my husband is dead and you know that he revered the Lord but now his creditors are coming to take my two boys away and make them slaves. Who is this woman? This woman is a believer. Her husband is a prophet. He's a man of God. She says, you know that my husband revered the Lord. He's a good friend of Elijah and he's a man that really loves God. But unfortunately, he wasn't wise enough financially to leave his wife and his children money in case he died. And in those days, if you had a problem with credit because you you charged too many things and now you've overextended yourself financially, they didn't just take away your house or your car, or they didn't give you an opportunity to file bankruptcy. What they would do is come and take your children. How many know that we're thankful that we don't live in that day? There was a few of you who were like, "No, man, in fact, I'm leaving the service right now and I'm charging up my credit card, maybe they'll take my son away. (laughs) But in those days, they'd take your family away and they'd make them slaves. But this woman is a believer. She loves the Lord and she cries out to the prophet. She says, I'm in a big mess. My back is up against the wall. My faith is really being tested and the future of my family doesn't look so good. She needed a miracle in her life. And this morning, in this place, maybe you need a miracle. Your back is up against the wall. Your faith is being tested like never before. And your situation is looking very bleak. And you need a miracle in your life. Well, I believe that we can learn some things about this precious woman who cried out to the Lord. I believe we can position ourselves to receive a miracle from God. Now, the first thing I recognize in this story is that she's a believer. And that here's the truth. The truth is that God allows even believers to face times of lack in their life. Now, I want to be honest with you. I wish, I wish that I had a miracle tree in my backyard. Now, I do have a miracle tree in my backyard, by the way, all right? My good buddy, Peter the Croach, he knew that my wife loves figs. And I know that my wife loves figs. And you know what? If my wife loves figs, I love figs. And if my wife wants a fig tree in the backyard, I'm going to get her a fig tree. And so my, my, my good friend, Peter, he dug up his fig tree. He said, you know what? I don't want it anymore. I'll give it to you. And so he dug it up and he brought it to my backyard and we planted it. And I'm thinking to myself, God, make that tree live, you know, make it live. And so, you know, I went back, you know, we planted it. We, we did everything we had to do, you know, and then I watered it really good. And I laid my hands on it. I said, oh, God, make this tree live. The next day I got up and looked out the window and all the leaves fell off the tree. I mean, every leaf in the... Bare the tree. So I went in the backyard and I said, God, I said, if Jesus cursed the fig tree, I can bless a fig tree. God, God, you can do a miracle. And I said, God, you know that my wife, she loves figs. Lord God, and if mama's happy, everybody's happy. Glory to God. And so I laid my hands on the fig tree. I'm not kidding you. And I said, oh, God, Lord, you do great miracles. This is a small one. Lord, God, make this tree fruitful, Lord God. Lord, bless it, God. And I had some people say, well, you know, this year, you're probably not going to get any fruit on the tree. You're not going to get any figs. Maybe next year, you know, if it survives. And I said, God, in the name of Jesus, make this tree be fruitful. And so I'm so glad. Yesterday, she pulled out a whole bunch of figs and she ate them. And I said, mama's happy. I'm happy. Hallelujah. Lord God. So I've got a miracle tree in my backyard. But I wish, as much as I like figs, I wish that I had a tree that had dollar bills and hundred dollar bills and thousand dollar bills. I wish that when my daughter, you know, did you ever notice that your kids never ask for a dollar bill anymore? They don't ask for ten dollars. They're always asking for a hundred dollars. All right? I wish I could go in the backyard and say, no problem, Jenny. You need a hundred dollars. Let me just pop and give it to her, right? But that's not the way it is. You know, and the truth is I wish I could tell you. That God never allows a believer, a child of God, to face lack in their life. But if you look in scriptures and you understand the ways of God, sometimes God allows believers to have a lack in their life. Listen to me. Look at me closely. I believe that when God allows you to have lack in your life, it's because God is getting ready to do something new in your life. Hallelujah. I want you to write that down. Get ready. Because God is about to do something new in your life. You see, I believe that God allows us to go through difficult times in our life because he wants us to move from one place to the next. And you know, some of us are asking, why would God allow something that I love to be taken away from me? Why would God allow me to have lack in my life? Listen to me, my friend. When God takes something away from you, He's ready to replace it with something better. I love what he says to the Israelites. That the Israelites, they knew what it was to have a whole bunch. They knew what it was to be blessed abundantly. And they knew what it was to have lack in their life. But God says to the Israelites, this is what he says. He says this to the Israelites. He says, forget the former things. Isaiah 43. Do not dwell on the past. See... I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Can you not see it? Can you not understand it? Can you not perceive that I'm making a way in the desert and in streams, in a wasteland? No, God was saying, listen, don't dwell on the past. And you know what? I'm thankful for what God did in the past. I'm so thankful for the miracles that I experienced when I was a youth pastor. I'm thankful for the miracles that I experienced when I was a child. You know, some people say, oh, yes, I remember the miracles of God. It happened in 1918. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God doesn't change And if God did a miracle for you in 1952 He wants to do a miracle for you in 2012 Come on somebody And he's saying to us We cannot live in the past I'm thankful for what God did I'm thankful for the manor And I'm thankful for the pill of fire And I'm thankful for all the great miracles God did in my past But God says to you today If you're in life Forget about what happened in the past Forget about the former things You can thank me for my faithfulness But don't dwell on the past Behold I'm doing a new thing in your life. Come on, somebody. God is about to do a new thing in your life. Hallelujah. But here's the deal. Sometimes he's got to take something away because the very thing that, that he blessed us with becomes an idol in our life. And God says, no more. No, let that go. Leave that alone. Why? Because I've got something better for you. Come on, somebody. I'm, re- I'm reminded of Elijah. Elijah is a mighty man of God and there's a famine in the land. And God says to Elijah, Elijah, I'm going to take care of you. Why? Because God always takes care of his people. Turn to your neighbor and say, God always takes care of you. God always takes care of you. And God was going to take care, even though it was a judgment from God, God was going to take care of his people. He was going to take care of the prophet. And so the Bible says the word of the Lord comes to Elijah and he tells Elijah. That's what he said. First Kings chapter 17, verse 5. So he did what the Lord had told him. God said, I want you to go to the ravine in Karab, east of Jordan, and stay there. He said, I want you to stay there until I tell you to move. He said, and as long as you stay there, there's going to be a brook. He said, and I'm going to provide clean water, fresh water for you every day. He said, and I'm going to provide ravens that they're going to come and they're going to feed you. And every day, every day, Elijah got up and all he had to do was pray, go to the brook and receive the clean water and birds from the air would come and bring his meal. God, that is an incredible miracle. I have never had that happen. I've never been on my back porch on my, you know, and a a bird came by and gave me a burger. You know what I'm talking about? Thank you very much. The only thing I receive from birds, I'm not going to even go there. what a miracle. Every day Elijah is receiving of the Lord. But the key verse here is verse seven. The Bible says, but sometime later, the brook ran dry. Wow. Sometime later, the brook ran dry. Now you might say, why would you do that, God? This was comfortable. You know, God, I want to live in prosperity. It's a good season. That was an incredible season for Elijah. Everybody else is going through a drought. But Elijah, all he has to do is get up and get to the brook. And God's going to provide. God bless you. God bless you. One more. Coming three. And all I have to do is believe God and the ravens of the air are going to come and they're going to bring me food. Can you imagine that for a moment? What a season in his life. I love those seasons in my life. I love the seasons whereby it seems like everything is going well. It seems like there's not a bill that's outstanding. Everybody's getting along in the family. Mama's happy. I'm not getting any letters in the mail from congregants in the church that don't like the way I dress. I mean, I'm having a good time because everything's going well. I feel good. And I knew I would. Because that's a season of blessing in my life. A season of rest in my life. A season whereby I'm like, God, thank you, Lord God, that every day it just seems like you're providing for me in a great way. I love those seasons in my life. Elijah was having one of those seasons. But you see, I believe that God changes seasons on us to teach us how to rely on him again, how to have faith again. You see, if I didn't have any lack, if I didn't have any need, then I might get to the point where I might stop praying and seeking God for miracles in my life and we have to live by faith every day of our life. Come on, the just shall live by faith. And so Elijah, he was in danger of making the brook his idol. He was in danger of getting uh, lazy spiritually. And so God wanted to do something new in his life. God wanted to bring lack in his life so that he can pray for a miracle. And friends, I want you to know that you as a Christian, sometimes God's going to allow leanness to come so that you can get back on your knees and believe God for a miracle. Hey, listen, if I never saw God provide for me, I wouldn't know that he was Jehovah Jireh. Hallelujah. If I never had a problem, I wouldn't know how God could solve them. Come on, somebody. And so there was leanness. But notice what happens. God says to Elijah, like, I want you to leave this place. And I want you to go to Zarephath. And when you get to Saraphath I'm going to show you the miracle of provision in your life. Now listen to me. So many of us, we underestimate how God can work in our life. And so Elijah, he comes to Saraphath and he sees a widow and the spirit of the Lord speaks to him. And he says, you go over to that widow. That widow is going to provide for you. What? A widow provide for me? A poor person, listen, never underestimate how God works, hallelujah. Never underestimate the people that God uses in your life to provide for you. Never underestimate the simple, foolish things of this world that, that God uses to confound the wise, hallelujah. And so there's a widow, and she is about to die. And the prophet comes to the widow and says to the widow, hey, how you doing? She says, I'm not doing so well. What do you have? And the woman says, well, we just have a little bit of flour, me and my son, and a little bit of oil, and I'm just going to make myself a little bit of a cake, and then we're going to die. Wow, what a great story. She says, that's all I have left. I have just a little bit of oil, and I have a little bit of flour, and I'm going to make a cake, and I'm going to die. Could you imagine for one moment if I came to visit you? I paid you a house visit, and you were crying, and you said, I got so many bills. The bill, the collectors are coming And they're going to take away my house And I've got $10 to my name I don't even know where I'm going to eat I don't know how I'm going to eat And I turn around and I say give it to me (laughs) You wouldn't like that very much That would be pretty cruel wouldn't it be You're thinking to yourself Pastor Steve you're supposed to give to me I'm not supposed to give to you Right And that's exactly what the prophet did He said take your very last bit of flour Take your very last bit of oil And cook up a cake and give it to me to eat Could you imagine And this woman had to be obedient. And could you imagine that she is being obedient, cooking this cake, she's thinking to herself, this is the craziest thing that I've ever seen in my life. That this prophet man tells me to cook my last meal and not even give it to my son, but give it to him. And her stomach is growling and she's thinking to herself, this has gotta be crazy, but it was God. And she had to take that first step of faith. She had to take that seed And give it back to God. Friend, let me tell you something. When you take that seed and you give it back to God, God multiplies it. Glory to God. Sometimes God tests you to see whether or not you're willing to give it all to God. Hallelujah. And she had to give it all to God. And once she gave it all to God, God took the little and turned it into much. Come on, somebody. Say amen. Glory to God. Maybe God is wanting to do something in your life. Maybe God is wanting to do something new in your life and your brook has run dry. Maybe you've stayed at that brook a little too long. But it's time to move from this place to a new miracle in your life. Elijah became very comfortable in receiving from that brook, but God had something new for Elijah. I'm reminded of Joseph because here's the deal. So often when we're facing lack in our life, we can be tempted to grumble and complain. How many of you, you're tempted to grumble and complain? How many of you complain today? You're not gonna get struck by lightning, don't no worry about that. You know, when, when I'm facing difficulty in my life, I, the first thing that comes out of my mouth usually is a complaint, right? And you know what happens when you complain? It turns into a grumbling spirit. And you know what a grumbling spirit turns into? A bitter spirit, a bitter spirit. Guard yourself from becoming bitter at God when God places you in a place of leanness and lack in your life Don't let your heart become bitter and angry towards God I'm reminded of the story of Joseph, he's a great young man, he loves God with all of his heart And his father, his his father loves uh, Joseph so much and Jacob plays favorites and you ought never to do that But Jacob did that and he gave him a coat, a a multicolored coat And that quote actually symbolized prestige and power. And so what Jacob was saying is, you're my favorite. And one day everybody's going to serve you. And you're on the top of the list. But he was one of the youngest brothers of all. And his older brothers, they got so jealous. Why? Because that that boy used to wear that coat everywhere. He wore that coat to dinner. He wore that coat to the Yankee game. He wore that coat when he worked. He wore that coat everywhere he went. He wouldn't take off that coat because he needed to remind his brothers, I'm in charge and I'm the blessed one. Well, his brothers had a whole, they had enough of that. Even though Joseph was a, a lover of God, he still wasn't very smart. And his brothers became so jealous of him. That they threw him in a pit, you know the story, they threw him in a pit and he was uh, sold as a slave to the Egyptians and it gets worse. Because now he's thrown in prison and he is stripped of his coat. He is stripped of his dignity. He is stripped of everything and he is in a prison cell. But there was one thing that the enemy could not strip from him. And that was his love for God, his trust for God. And he kept his heart pure and he kept his heart from becoming bitter. Don't let your heart become bitter when you go through times of leanness in your life. Don't let your heart become bitter towards somebody in your life that hurt you. Don't let your heart become bitter towards God because you're going to a time of leanness in your life And I love this young man who's a lover of God The story goes on you know what happens Joseph, he sees a vision and Pharaoh, he takes him out of prison because he saw that vision And he made him second in command And Joseph teach, teaches the Egyptians how to store grain because there was going to be a great famine in the land And as a result of that now, Joseph is so high and so powerful in Egypt. And there's a famine in Israel. And his brothers come to Egypt. And when they get to Egypt, they don't recognize Joseph. But then at one point, they recognize this is our brother. Joseph reveals himself to them. I want you to listen to what Joseph says. This is so powerful. Genesis. Chapter 45, then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me so I can smack you. No, that, that, that's, what I, that's what I would say. No, 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 that's not in the Bible. That's what I would say. Come, Joseph, come close to me. Come close to me. And when they had done so, he smacked them. No, no, no. And he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt and now Listen to what he says. This is so powerful. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Wow. Because it was to save lives that God moved me from this place to this place was because God was getting ready to bless me big time, that he had to take me from this place to this place. Man, I was comfortable. I had a nice coat, I had a house, I had everything I wanted. God, why did you take that away? Why? Because when God takes something away, guess what? He's getting ready to give you something better. Come on, somebody! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Brothers, come on! closer listen to me don't let your heart become discouraged over this situation don't be angry at yourself forgive yourself man i'm talking about cr stuff right here forgive yourself for what you did for me or to me why because what you did to me even though you thought it was going to harm me what you thought was going to harm me God used for my good and for your good so that i might be able to save life come on Someone Glory to God. You might be in a situation but God's using it for your good. All things work together for the good for those who love God and are called according to His divine purpose. Let me tell you, you are right where you need to be. In the palm of God's hand, you're in the center of God's will, even though you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But God has something on the other side. Hallelujah. God has something new on the other side. Hallelujah. This woman was running out. She was almost on empty. She faced the most difficult time in her life. And she cried out to the prophet. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm almost on empty. Let me tell you something. Almost on empty can be a gift from God. Because almost on empty can bring back to you a holy desperation that you lost in your life. Oh man, when we're blessed that holy desperation seems to depart from us. When we've got all that we need, that holy de- desperation is not there any longer. But God doesn't answer prayer, He answers desperate prayers. And when you're almost empty, then God can bring humility back in your life. God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. Almost empty allows us to see our neediness. Blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Almost empty allows God to give us another opportunity for a miracle in our life almost empty eliminates ungodly options she was out of options listen to me sometimes we don't run to God until all the other options are gone in our life and in her moment of desperation she cries out to the prophet and she says I need a miracle she said my husband is dead My money's almost gone, the creditors are coming, and I need a miracle of provision. And notice what the prophet says to her, I love this. The prophet says to the woman, but what is it that you have in your house? What do you have in your house? And notice her response, there's nothing in my house. There's nothing in my house except for a little oil. In other words, the prophet said, what do you have that is available to you that God can use to create a miracle in your life? What do you have that you're not seeing that's in your possession? What do you have that you're not seeing that God can use as a seed for a miracle in your life? And the woman said, there's nothing in my house. My house is empty. There's nothing that God can use You see, she underestimated what was in her house. Look at me, never underestimate what you already have in your house. I'm not talking about your physical house. Never underestimate what God has given you in your hands. Moses, what's in your hand? It's just a stick. God can take that stick and turn it into a miracle working stick to part the Red Sea. You see, this woman couldn't see That there was something precious in her house. She allowed discouragement to blind her from the possibilities that were all around her. She allowed her lack to overshadow her potential. She allowed her fear to overtake her faith. And her discouragement and her fear robbed her, listen to me, of her praise. And I know this morning it may seem hopeless for some of you. I know that it may seem like there's nothing left in your house. There's nothing left in the tank. I know that some of you may feel and sense in your heart that you know what, it's over. But I wanna tell you, this is the time in which you need to learn how to give God thanks in all things. Paul the apostle says, in everything, give thanks to the Lord. For this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. In the valley, give thanks to the Lord. When you're almost on empty, give thanks to the Lord. When you don't see the answer, give God praise anyway. Learn to be thankful in every situation in your life. In everything, give thanks to the Lord. Don't allow uh, your lack to distract you from giving praise to God. Because here's the funny thing. When you begin to thank the Lord... For what you have, not for what you don't have. For what you have, you begin to see the potential, the seed. That god has given you you see here's the funny thing when you begin to thank the lord for what you have all of a sudden you see miracles all around you hallelujah when you walk in the house and you say lord i know that i've got lack but i thank god for my husband i thank god for my wife i thank god for my children i thank god for my family i thank god for my church all of a sudden That doubt in your heart turns into praise and praise is the ultimate act of faith in your life when you begin to see miracles and here's what happens when you begin to say God I thank you Lord. Lord I don't know how I don't know when but God I'm thanking you for the little that I have God. I thank you for the little seed. I thank you for the little bread. I thank you for the little faith. I thank you for the little strength God. I thank you for the little miracles in my life. When you begin to do that all of a sudden God begins to open your eyes and you begin to see the potential all around and you begin to see miracles you see miracles under your bed you see miracles in your closet you see miracles in your living room you see miracles in your garage you see miracles in your little shed why? because God takes a little and he turns it into much glory to God I said God turns into those little things into much in your life hallelujah God only needs a little bit hallelujah I said God only needs a little bit in your life ha ha all of a sudden you begin to recognize the things in your house that you forgot that were special are the things that God specializes in using for a miracle, hallelujah. God, I know it's really lean in my house, but I thank you God for the little that you have, why? Because a little seed that's left, a little oil that's left is all that God needs. My friend, you're not finished you're not finished. You're not going down and you will not die. I said, you're not finished and you will not go down and you will not die because God will finish the work that he began in you, hallelujah. And see, this woman couldn't see what she already had in her house and I'm telling you, there's a miracle in your house. There's a miracle in your possession. There's a miracle in your wallet. There's a miracle in your pocket. There's a miracle in your family. There's a miracle in your marriage. There's a miracle in your house. A little is all that God needs. A little faith. God can turn that little faith into mountain moving miracles. A little trust. God can take that trust and make your path straight. A little hope and God can turn that into resurrection power. A little offering God can use as a seed For a mighty work of God A little strength is all God needs To kill a giant A little rod can part the Red Sea A little girl can give birth to a mighty Messiah A little town can give birth to a a Messiah That changes the whole world A little boy can provide A little little bit of loaves of bread and fish So that he can feed the multitudes A little praise can break out in prison And change people's lives A little prayer can move an awesome God A little hand can turn God's hand So that God can give you enough Hallelujah Jesus said it this way he said, again, I said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? He said, the kingdom of God is like this parable. It's like a mustard seed, the smallest seed of all, which is the smallest seed that you can plant in the ground. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all the garden plants with such big branches that the birds of the air can perch on it and they can find shade. He replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the seed and it will obey you. Hallelujah. A little in the hands of God is enough. Glory (laughs) to God. Hallelujah. But let me tell you obedience always precedes the miracle of God in your life. So we keep ourselves from becoming bitter in times of lean. We recognize that when God takes something away from us he's getting ready to give us something better. Give us something more. He He aligns us in his will so that he can bless us abundantly. But your miracle is always on hold until we decide, we decide to be obedient to what God has already told us he wants us to do. Obedience always precedes a miracle. Say that with me. Obedience always precedes a miracle. So what does Elijah say? to this woman. He tells the woman, I want you to, here's what I want you to, I want you to take that little bit of oil. I want you to put it on the side and I want you to go and knock on every door you can. And I want you to ask your neighbors for a jar. He said, and don't ask for just a a few jars, ask for a lot of jars. And then shut the door behind you and begin to pour the oil. You know, I think the pouring represents faith that we have to do our part in pouring out that little bit of oil. I also believe the pouring means that we pour our lives into other people. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And that when you're faithful to give to others, God is faithful to give back to you. But she had to pour, she had to be obedient to go and ask her neighbors for jars. I think of the Israelites, when God says to the Israelites, listen, you're going to go into the land of promise and abundance, of blessing. You're going into the promised land. He said, but there's one big challenge in front of you, the Jordan River. And and I'm going to ask you for an act of obedience before I'm going to let you go over to the other side. Now, God could have just parted the Jordan River without any act of obedience on their part. But he said, I want you to consecrate yourself for tomorrow I'm gonna show you a mighty miracle in your lives. And tomorrow morning I want you to get the leaders of Israel and I want them to line up and I want them to step into their miracle. I want them to obey me and I want them to put their foot in the Jordan River. And once they put their foot in the Jordan River then I can see there's obedience and where there's obedience there is a miracle. And so they stepped into their miracle and we know the story. God parted the Jordan River and they went into the promised land. So obedience always proceeds. What has God already told you that you should be doing? What act of faith needs to turn into a step of obedience in your life? Because here's what I know. I know that miracles happen one step at a time, one step at a time. The woman with the issue of blood had to take one step at a time until she touched the hem of Jesus' garment. One step at a time, one seed at a time, God performs a miracle in our life. You know, I think of Celebrate Recovery, my good friend Paul and, and Valerie, and how they took a step of faith, nobody there. And now the ministry is growing, and I want to really encourage you to get involved in Celebrate Recovery one step at a time. And God's growing that ministry, and God's blessing. Why? We don't know how. God, I don't have a lot of strength. I don't have a lot of wisdom. I'm just taking this one step at a time. And God, you're going to make that ministry grow. And it's growing today. Just like everything else in our life, miracles happen one step at a time. But here's what I see. I see sometimes we limit God. We limit God by our lack of faith. We limit God by our small prayers. We limit God by our lifestyle. We limit God by having one foot in the church and one foot in the world. One, one, one part of our heart is for God, the other part of our heart is not for God. You see, if you're gonna see miracles in your life, you gotta be all in, all in, all in. And so the prophet says, go out and get a bunch of jars. Now, now, now here's where I think the story kinda gets sad. We talk about how God provided for her in a miraculous way because she shut the door, she got her jars, maybe five, six jars, whatever it was. And she began to pour and that oil began to multiply. And as long as she had a jar, she had a miracle. As long as she brought a jar to God, she had a miracle. Now here's where it gets sad. Elijah comes and said, how's it going? Oh, it's wonderful. See this little oil I keep pouring. And every time I pour, It fills up a jar. And then there's like this much oil in that little jar. And then I pour another jar and I pour another jar and I pour another jar. And the the prophet said, okay, how's it going? She goes, "Uh, great, until I ran out of jars. So the prophet said, well, take the jars that you have of oil and pay off your debts. And I think to myself, you know where I'm going with this. You know exactly where I'm going with this. If she would have gotten more jars, she would have seen more miracles. If she would have gotten more jars, she would have saw God doing overflowing, abundant, provisional miracles in her life. She just had enough to pay off her creditors. Let me tell you something. My mama didn't raise a fool. If God said, get jars, and as long as you bring me a jar, I'm going to fill it. Man, I tell you what, I'd call up everybody in the church. I'd ask them for as many jars as I could get And then I'd call up all my friends in the neighborhood I'd call up my relatives I'd call up my relatives in Italy And tell them to send it airmail I'd call up President Obama and get jars I'd fill up every room I'd fill up every space I'd fill up my bathtub I'd fill up my shower I'd fill up every room in my house I'd fill up my garage I'd fill up my shed with empty jars Why? Because as long as I bring the jar to God God promised he's going to fill it Sometimes we limit God Why? Because we come to God with our little thimbles instead of our jars and say, God, I believe you're a big God. I believe you're a mighty God. And I believe your promises. And you said, God, as long as I believe and as long as I bring you a jar, you're going to fill it. God, hallelujah. I'm bringing my jar. I'm not going to limit you, God. God, you're a big God. And God, I'm just going to keep coming and asking you for more miracles every day of my life. Because I believe that you can supply according to your riches in glory. Let's pray. Father, I praise you and I thank you, Lord, that we can position ourselves for a provisional miracle, God. And I believe in this room today there are people that need a provisional miracle in their life. I believe that there are people, oh God, who need a miracle of finances. I believe that there are people in this place that need a miracle of a job. I believe that they need a miracle of provision and I believe you're a mighty God and you want to do it for them in their lives. So maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Steve, I'm not certain if I die to go to heaven and I need the provision, the miracle of God's providing grace and forgiveness in my life. I need Jesus Christ to come into my life and be my Lord and my Savior. I'm not sure if I died back for heaven. I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you right now. I Pastor, would you pray for me Pray for me today. I want to get right with God today. I see that hand. 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 I, that hand. I want to get right with God today. I want to ask Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I see that hand. Anybody else? I'm not sure if I died back for heaven. And I need Jesus Christ to forgive me my sins. Anybody else raise your hand quickly? Pastor, I, I want to serve God. And I to bring my little seed of humility to God so that God can give me eternal life. But we first start with a seed. God wants that seed. If you raise your hand today and you say, yes, Lord Jesus, to forgive me of my sins. In a moment, I'm going to invite you. I want to pray for you. i want to invite you to yeah. come. Maybe you can put your hands down. Maybe you can say, Pastor Steve, I'm a Christian. And I'm running on all sin. And there's lack in my life, and I need a provisional miracle in my life. Pastor Steve, I've been limiting God. I've been limiting God with my lifestyle. I've been limiting God with my prayers. I've been limiting God because I'm not bringing God into ours. I'm just bringing God with the symbols. And it's high time that I start believing that God's a miracle working God. if God said it, he would do it that I'm going to start believing God an overflow of blessing. Overflow. Not just enough to get the body. I'm going to believe God an overflow of blessing in my life. Not for myself. So that I can be rich towards others. See, I, I believe, with your head back, I suppose sort of, I, I I believe that God wants to turn some people into millionaires. I'm being a millionaire. Not a And I'm I, I I'm not a, a pastor that tries to manipulate people. You give me this and you'll get that and all that nonsense. I just told the word of God says. And I know that God is not going to open the window of heaven and pour you out of You cannot contain. Abraham was a millionaire because he was a man of faith. And I believe that God wants to do a miracle of turning some people in this room into very successful business people. Because he knows that you're going to use that success and those resources to resource the kingdom. That you're going to use those resources to build orphanages and hospitals and churches. And you're going to help us with our congregate outreaches. You know, I know a couple of people that are very, very wealthy and they're so generous. And it seems like the more they give... (laughs) It's amazing. It seems like the more they give of their finances, the more God gives back to them, and they become wealthier. But you can never have to with God. But maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I have lack in my life, and I need a miracle of provision. I want you to stand on your feet right now. Say, I need a miracle of provision in my life, and I'm standing, and I'm going to position myself to receive the Lord. I need provision in my life. I need a miracle of finances in my life. I need provision. I need a miracle, Pastor Steve. Or just said, I need a miracle. No, I, don't do a lot of I need a miracle of provision in life. Hallelujah. Maybe you're here today. It's not so much that you need a miracle of provision in your life. You just you keep on limiting God. If you want to get to that point in your life, you say, you know what? No more living God, taking the lid off of what God can do in my life. If God wants to bless me abundantly, then I'm believing that. If God wants to do above and beyond what I can ever imagine or think, I'm going to receive that and I'm going to live my life and position my life in such a way that I can believe God for the big overflowing miracles of my life. I'm, I'm not going to bowl. I'm not going to No more lifting up. No more lifting up. You know, some of you have been really blessed already. What if God said, I'm going to bless you even more? (laughs) Oh, but I'm thankful for what I already have. I get that. I understand that. I get that. But what if God came to you and said, you know what? I'm going to give you even more because I want you to give it away. I want you to give even more away. How about if God said to you, everything that I give you on the overflow belongs to me? How would you like that? Everything on the overflow belongs to me. So I'm going to give it back. I'm going to give it back to God because it said belong to him. Maybe you're today and you say, Pastor Steve, I've become bitter. I've become cynical. Somebody hurt me. I went through a bad divorce and left me with nothing in my, in my house. Somebody took advantage of me. They stole from me. And I'm just bitter and i angry. Let me tell you, until you deal with that bitterness in your life, until you let that person go, and just know that God, He had a plan, like Joseph and his brothers. He had a plan. God moved you out of that situation for whatever reason to move you into a place of abundance. I want you to stand right now. And say, God, there's some bitterness in my heart that I need to deal with today. Some unforgiveness in my heart that I need to let go. Of. And just, come listen. Whoever it was that hurt you, they're not your father. God is your father. They're not to provide. God is to provide. God is your husband. God is your that, and I'm not saying in any way that you should just run out of a situation because of that. I'm just telling you, God, He sees His own, and He knows when we have been hurt, when we have been used and abused and rejected, and He comes alongside us and He says, "Yes, but I am that. I am the and I am provider. You don't find." bless the Lord today. we am going to thank you because here's the deal: every one of us in this room there's a miracle in our house. There's a miracle in your house. There's a miracle in your house. Begin to thank the Lord for the miracles that are already there. Thank the Lord to see you. and ask God to open your eyes and say, God, do that. Bless the Lord on my soul. As we sing it, I believe that the faith is going to rise in the heart. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to get out of your seat. In the first service and in the second service, bless the Lord oh my soul. I got to be honest with you. I, I prayed for so many people. Man, at one point, I had this one girl, she was so filled with the spirit that it pushed me back. I'm telling you, and I'm, I'm not weird like that. I'm you, like, oh my goodness, the presence of God was all over me. Pray for miracles of provision, And so here's what I want to do. I want to have some of the workers here to help all the workers. They're going to sit by you. But can I love on to you a little bit today, Pastor? I'm going home exhausted today, I'm telling you that. But I'm leaving everything on the field today. I'm leaving everything on the field today. I want to love on you a little bit. Here's what I want to do. I want to agree with you in prayer for a miracle. I want to agree for a miracle of provision. You're going to come and I'm just going to lay my hand down. Not because I can transfer for anything. You know, it's your faith, not mine. It's your faith, but I can agree with you in prayer. As your daddy, as your spiritual father, i just gonna on you and agree with you, Say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I pray. As a point of contact, I lay my hands on somebody and I pray a blessing on their life. Now, I want to tell you that God has been up for something for the last two weeks. Next week we're going to talk about it, the divine healing. Great people that need to be healed, but I also believe the Holy Spirit is doing something in the lives of people to refresh them. He's filling them with the Spirit. He's touching them in a way that they've never been touched before. I've seen it. I've seen people that were new to the church, people that were and just laid my hand on them. God touched them by the like power of God. So. We're God can open the eyes of the blind. He can take the leg off. And he can open the heavens. And as far as that blessing, we cannot even contain Here's what I believe in the next couple of months. Is that miracles happen. Miracle. Just like the woman who called me up this week. She called me up. to said, Pastor, you're not believe it. God did a miracle. She called me up two days later. She goes, God did another miracle in my life. A provision. I believe God can still do Gotta be obedient. You know, just don't sit by the rook waiting for the book to give you water. You gotta be your part. You've got to be obedient to God. But I want to to sing this song together. We're gonna worship the Lord. And as we worship the Lord, those that want to be prayed for, those that want a miracle of their life, I just want you to line up right here. And I'm not gonna take a lot of time, but just a point of contact. I just believe for a miracle. Before. It's <laughs> like So